0: Well, hey, hey there, happy innovators. How are you all doing today? Did you miss me? Probably not. But I bet you've been wondering, I wonder what Mike is up to. Why hasn't he released anything in a while? And, you know, I got to tell you, I'm sure you've heard the expression, when it rains, it pours. Well, that's what my life has been like for maybe the past two or three months. And, uh, you know... (laughs) just one of those things man that had nothing to do with music it had nothing to do with you know my day-to-day routine it was just duty called you know emergencies in my family that are you know probably too personal to discuss here or at least too uh drawn out and dramatic to be talked about right now but um because I'm still kind of in the middle of all of it but uh It's been a rough uh, two months for me, you know, and uh, when duty calls, you know, and the family needs help, it's personal stuff like that, you know, you just got to drop everything. And, you know, uh, I'm sorry about that. If you're a fan and you were counting on getting some new stuff from me, you know, regularly like I normally do, you know, I apologize for that, but... You know, it's one of those things I had no control over, you know, and uh, still can't believe some of it. And uh, I'm sure when I tell the story of what life has been like for me for the past couple months, you guys will be shocked to hear that I'm still releasing anything at all. You know, I found time to do anything at all, but enough with that. You know, I wanted to talk today about a couple of things because it's been so long since I've done a podcast And, uh, you know, I got myself a nice hot cup of coffee here. I'm going to take a sip. I suggest that if you don't have a coffee right now, maybe you can go grab yourself one and, uh, you know, come back and join us. And uh, I'm going to take a sip of my coffee in the meantime. So hang on. Oh, man. I really needed that. Hang on. I'm going to take another one. Oh, man. Woo! That is so tasty. I needed to wet my whistle. Anyway, so I wanted to tell you I've stumbled across this artist. Okay, now, I want to tell you I don't talk about this kind of stuff lightly or easily. Like, I don't say these words about anybody easily. Okay, but I think that I have discovered... A guitar player that will shape the next generation of guitar players. Um, you know, in the back of my mind, like all the time, like all the time, uh, I kind of wonder to myself, you know, about the future of music, you know, and like who will be the person that comes along. That really kind of changes it, you know, the landscape for not just some musicians or some artists, but many of them. You know, somebody like uh, John Bonham on drums or Jimmy Page on guitar or Eddie Van Halen or Neil Peart from Rush or, you know, these artists that came along and kind of reinvented how the approach to that instrument would be taken from that point forward, you know? And uh, the list is long. You know, you got, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix, right? Maybe Eric Clapton for some. Uh, I mean, there's just so many. There are so many, you know? And, uh, like I said, I, I wonder about it. I think about it. Like, where is that kid you know, right now that's going to, in the future, emerge on the world scene and kind of like change everything, right? Well, I think, I think, I think, I have found one of those guitar players and his name, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, okay? So, it's, I think his name is pronounced Ashika Nito. He's Japanese, okay? Younger guy, very young, and uh, I stumbled across him by accident, and I gotta tell you, I, I was so stunned by what I saw when I watched just one video from this guy. Uh, I watched about 15 of his videos, you know? Uh, and they're kind of like marketing him like he's a, a YouTuber, like a do-it-yourselfer. And he just got lucky, you know, with hard work and talent. But that's kind of like bullshit. Um, That's how it's done now. They they say that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, the record company will. So he appears to be, you know, emerging from the unknown. And just by luck and sweat, you know, he's getting notoriety. I don't think that's how it works, but it doesn't matter. It's neither here nor there. The, the fact of the matter is, is that this guitar player is so innovative and so good that I can't believe it. He doesn't even need to have any other accompaniment with his guitar playing. I mean, most of his work, as far as I know, the music that I've heard from this guy, Ashika Nito oh my gosh, he's, uh, you know, incorporating so many different techniques and styles and things into his playing, and uh, it's like the synthesis of all the guitar players, uh, you know, light rock, jazz, progressive, heavy metal, all the elements of all the guitar players are being synthesized through this guy's fingertips, okay? And, uh, Like I said, I don't say this kind of thing lightly. Uh, I'm going to put a couple of his videos down below in the description for this podcast so you can judge for yourself. Okay, but I'll tell you, I watched just a few seconds of this guy playing and I thought, I know as I'm watching him, I thought, I see some paul gilbert in his playing i see ingway malmstein in his playing i see eddie van halen in his playing i see even some like flamenco style guitar playing um some you know new age techniques you know uh i mean and he's just putting it all in there and it's all coming out and i don't know i just i was so stunned but i was also kind of like happy You know, it makes me happy to see somebody emerge like that's younger, that's really good at something. You know, it's important for the progress of music and the arts that the younger generation, you know, gets away from the, the typical, you know, imitating what everybody else is already doing and somebody that just comes along and breaks away from all of it and goes off into their own thing. And they have this one video of this guy playing guitar at this conference called the NAM Conference, which is like an opportunity for all the musical equipment companies to showcase their different, you know, new equipment, uh, you know, the new models of everything. And they have a convention and... I believe it's in Las Vegas and, you know, the convention capital of the world. And, uh, you know, the, the people come, musicians come, uh, studio engineers come, factory workers that work in the, you know, the guitar factories they'll come, everybody's there. And, you know, it's like a, a celebration of new equipment, right? Well, this Ishika Nito guy was invited to play for Ibanez at the NAM conference and his crowd was so big around the booth for Ibanez that they had to stop the show. I mean, just everybody apparently had heard of him. You know, the word was getting out. I mean, he's been around for a little while, probably about four years, and I'm, I didn't realize that this guy even existed until a week and a half ago, you know? But the good thing about me is that it doesn't take much for me to get it, real quick that what we're watching is something that really kind of has not been done before the way that it's being done by this guy and dollars to donuts i'll put money down on this you're going to see so many people imitating what this guy is doing it's like, you know, back in the 80s when Eddie Van Halen or the late 70s when Eddie Van Halen emerged onto the scene, and instantaneously everybody knew that they had never heard anything like this before. And it was only a matter of months before there were so many cookie cutter Eddie Van Halen copies, you know, these gunslinger guitar players of the hair metal era that kind of just stood on his shoulders and, you know, yeah, they were good in their own right, but come on, let's not kid ourselves. You know, nobody was doing it like him or maybe Randy Rhodes, you know? Well, folks, I'm here to tell you, if you believe anything I have ever said, if what I say has any credence to you whatsoever, trust me, Ashika Nito is the future of guitar in my opinion. He will be the hallmark uh, milestone player of his generation and not to say that there's not somebody else coming up right behind him or a couple years from now or whatever that'll just blow this guy out of the water. But let me tell you, I've seen the future of guitar and it's this guy, Ashika Nito. Do yourself a favor, check him out, folks. The real deal. Now, I also wanted to tell you that by accident, okay, again, by accident, um, I stumbled across this video by the group called Bush from back in the 90s. Do you remember them? Um, They had a couple of hits. You know, Gavin Rosdale was married to uh, Gwen Stefani for a while. And, you know, they were okay. I didn't really like Bush too much. Um, They had that one song I liked. It was... uh, I don't want to come back down from this cloud, you know, taking me all this time to find out what I need. Like, that was okay. It's all right. But the rest of their stuff, eh, not so much. Not for me. But the other day, by accident, just by happenstance, I happened to stumble across a newer song by this group, Bush. And it's not brand new. It's maybe a couple years old or something, but... Oh my gosh, this song was so good. I couldn't believe that it was them. And, uh, I don't know. I guess it was good enough for me to think about even mentioning it in a podcast. The song was called Bullet Holes. And I'll leave a link to it down below. Like I'm leaving with the other guy, that uh, Ashika Nito. You know, I'll let you hear some bush, too. You can tell me what you think, maybe. Um... I think the song is great. I mean, it's great—the recording, the production, the lyrics, everything. The drums, the everything, sounds so good in this song. And uh, so I figured I would mention that too and share that with you here. So you can let me know what you think if you want. You know, if you have the time and the inclination to, you know, let me know in the comments or something. You don't have to because I don't really care. But if you want to, I appreciate it. Okay. Um, so anyway, what else did I want to talk about today? I have a couple of things that are on my list. You know, there was this situation that I became aware of um, maybe about a month or two ago where um, there was this Amish farmer uh, somewhere in America. I believe he was in Florida, maybe, or something like that, or Texas or something. I forget where. I should know and I don't. I'm sorry. But the point is, is that this guy, this Amish guy, had a butchering operation that he ran. Um, You know, he would kind of raise cattle uh, naturally and wholesome, you know, nutritious, uh, you know, raising of cattle. No steroids or chemicals or anything like that. And he would butcher his cows and he would sell them to people in his community and apparently there was some kind of problem with that from the federal government and uh, they wanted to shut this guy down because he was selling this butchered meat to people that hadn't been FDA approved or something like that. And um, I just thought that was really odd, you know? I thought to myself, like, why would they be cracking down on a guy like that who's just selling to people in his community and, uh, you know, they're not getting sick or anything. No one's dying from eating his food that he's selling to them. They're just, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that do that in America. I mean, I, I participate in that too. You know, I buy local vegetables and meat and things like that whenever I can and, um, you know, because it's kind of expensive and, you know, sometimes it's too expensive, but um, whenever I can participate in anything like that, I think it's fantastic. I mean, have you ever had a garden fresh onion or garden fresh lettuce or, you know, farm raised grain fed, you know, chicken and, you know, beef and pork, all that stuff? You know, it's it's a completely different experience than anything you'd get out of a grocery store and don't get me wrong you know grocery stores serve their purpose they they're great especially in the united states man it's like anything you could ever want you can get at the grocery store but it's really great sometimes to find an alternative route and to you know have a steak or uh you know a burger or beef or corn or uh potatoes, anything that was just grown locally, you know, and you can go down the road to the guy on the side of the road and get the thing you want. You know, it's a different experience. And uh, I found it really kind of, well, stupid and shocking that they're, you know, starting to crack down on that now. You know, like, that's a problem? Why is that a problem? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, What difference does it make if I grow uh, a bunch of tomatoes in my garden and I decide to give you some? You know, because I have too many. I grew too many. What if I give them to you? You know, what's the difference? It's like, who cares? But apparently it's a problem. And now this guy, this Amish guy, who's kind of like the uh, poster child at this point for this issue, and he's, you know going into court with, you know, against the government and all this kind of stuff. And it's turned into this big brouhaha and, uh, you know, probably more of a symbolic, uh, situation or a symbolic gesture than anything else. But it's like, why does anybody even care that this guy is selling, you know, fresh, healthy, you know, wholesome beef and, chicken and things like that to people in his community like why would you stop somebody from doing that it's fantastic like we need more of that not less of that and you know here we are in these strange ass times that we live where it seems sometimes like you know the obvious way that a situation should go is like this way you know, it should all go, obviously, go this way with the decision. And then somehow, some way, it goes in the completely opposite direction. Like, you know, counterintuitive, counterproductive, completely stupid, and like doesn't make any sense. Like, it should be going over here. Why is the situation going over here? <laughs> like,. Do you find yourself asking yourself that question about a lot of things lately? I do. It's like, you know, the clear, proper, common sense decision is to go this way, you know, go in this direction and whoever's in charge or whatever, they decide it's like, no, we're not going to take the common sense, you know, practical, pragmatist approach to the proper decision that needs to be made. We're going to go off in some jackass, like, stupid idea and make that what everybody has to do. It's like, you've got to be kidding me. How, how does that become something that you want to do? Like, why is that even an option or a choice? Like, let's shut down the guy who's selling beef and chicken, you know, like poultry... Meat to people in his community that's healthy and natural and organic and wholesome. You know, it's not shot up with steroids and all effed up. You know what I mean? It's like not frankenfood. It's real healthy food. Why are we stopping this guy? Why are we giving this guy a hard time? But then, you know, he's kind of like, take a step back and you take a look at the entire situation with food all around the world right now, especially like in Brussels and, you know, out that way. The farmers, these guys who are growing the best food in the world, you know, for people to consume healthy, you know, nutritious vegetables and beef and meat and You know, all kinds of just good stuff for our bodies. These guys are being shut down. They're under attack. They're like protesting now. They have to defend themselves. They have to get out there and stir it up. And like, you know, it's become world news. But like, my point is like, why are we even talking about that? Like, why is that a problem? Why is good, healthy, nutritious food for all of us becoming a problem? You know, like it's it should be, you know, done away with. What the hell are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense unless the will of this group of people that are responsible for making decisions on our behalf, like their will, their personal will is bad You know, that's the only conclusion that I can come to is like, why would you get in the way? Why would you impede the progress and the, you know, the production of somebody who's providing for, you know, not not massive groups of people, but smaller groups of people in their community with the opportunity to eat really good, non GMO healthy food you know and I guess asking the question it answers it as I ask it you know of course there must be some you know faction or some group of people that don't want us to eat good and healthy food I mean that's a conclusion you can come to but if like if that's the case why would they want us to not have access to nutrient dense food isn't that weird And I know, I know, as I'm saying this, there's got to be people that are listening to this that are asking the same question. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you know, the thing that's obviously best for all of us is the thing we're going to make illegal. You know, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. Unless their will is bad. You know, the will is so bad. they don't want you to be healthy and they don't want me to be healthy and they don't want us to have access to farm fresh you know nutritious food the basic thing you need to survive right they want us to all kind of rely on what you know something else some you know I don't know I don't know what they want us to rely on but I do know That this Amish guy that I'm talking about in this situation is really kind of just one example. And I have a feeling, like I said, he's like the poster child. This is kind of like the test case. And I would propose that we all, all of us who are listening to this, you know, check out this situation. I'll leave a link for it down below in the description for this podcast, underneath the links to those videos that I talked to you about. And uh, we can check it out. You know, you can see for yourself and maybe you'll want to get involved too, because I think that um, it could be, it could be, in my opinion, uh, much more significant and much more important than we really, truly realize at this time. So the link will be down below. Check it out and let me know what you think. All right. Anyway, so what did you all think about that uh, Mike TV thing? You know, that idea that I was trying. Um, I'm getting a lot of good comments and, you know, a lot of good feedback, uh, you know, especially for me, you know, a lot of good comments about that and that idea. Um, you know, it's not part of the Singularity podcast. OK, I wanted to clarify that the Mike TV idea, this idea of me playing music for you that I like and talking about it as it's playing and all that, you know, I can't make that part of my podcast because I have other people's music on it and there's all kinds of stupid, you know, licensing issues and things like that that come along with that. And it's way too complicated and way too stupid for me to like, you know, make it officially Part of the Singularity Podcast Although I wish I could Okay I wish everybody was a creative commons artist Like me And I could use music for free And just tell you what I like But that's unfortunately Not the world we live in Okay So uh, uh, I I had to make it separate Okay And it will remain a separate thing So just to kind of uh, Prevent any kind of confusion about that. Um, you know, Mike TV is not part of the Singularity podcast. So if you're interested in checking out Mike TV, it has its own playlist. It's not part of this podcast, although it's very similar in its structure, in the footage, in the sounds, and things. It's not the Singularity podcast. It can't be, unfortunately. Okay, but um, if you do like the Mike TV idea, I wanted to say in this podcast today, I am going to be continuing with it. I have some more music to share and I figured I would just keep going with it until I run out of music to share, which may or may not ever happen. I'm not sure (laughs) but we're going to find out. So uh, hopefully you guys have liked it and, uh, you know. Maybe you haven't even had a chance to check it out. I know that for some of the people listening to this podcast, um, you may be in other countries and things like that around the world. And uh, for the Mike TV uh, show that I have on my YouTube channel, um, a lot of the songs are not uh, licensed in some of those countries. That are outside of the United States. So some of the music is like barred from being played like in Russia or, you know, Brazil or, you know, they'll, they'll have limitations on, you know, whatever songs I'm choosing to share with you. So the long and the short of it is, is that you, uh, the listener to the Singularity podcast You know, overseas somewhere, you may not have access to the Mike TV productions that I'm putting out. And if that is the case, I'm sorry. I don't know how to get them to you without getting into trouble. So um, maybe in time, you know, all the, the complications and the confusions around that kind of situation with licensing and copyright law. And all that stupid bullshit that comes along with, you know, mainstream rock and roll music uh, will, you know, be lifted or lightened at least. And, uh, you know, I don't know, who knows what the future holds, but hopefully, eventually the world will get there, you know, where they'll realize that by allowing people to play and share music for free, it helps sell more music. If that's what you're worried about, if you're worried about making money, It helps to sell more and to make more money. (laughs) You're not giving anything away for free. You know, it's so stupid. But okay, not everybody can be a creative commons artist, you know, with attribution licensing or whatever. You know, not everybody's going to do it. Okay. But uh, anyway, there was something else I wanted to talk about today. ...that I thought was kind of funny... ...um, what was it... Uh, ...was it, uh... ...oh, yeah, 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 yeah... ...okay, okay... ...do you remember that story... ...about that lady from the ACLU... ...I think she was like the leader... ...of the ACLU... ...or something... ...and, uh... ...oh, I forget what organization she was in charge of... ...but she was a... ...white, Caucasian woman who was kind of, like, mm, I guess, uh, identifying as a black person. Like, she had dyed her hair. She had kind of, like, darkened her skin to seem maybe more uh, African-American. Like, that kind of thing. And um, I guess, like, you know, word got out that she was really, like, You know, a white girl from the suburbs or something. And oh, she was, you know, accused of cultural appropriation. And, you know, she's a phony and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, part of me, honestly, thought that it was actually pretty funny. And part of me was, like, embarrassed, like, on her behalf, you know, like, embarrassed for her because, oh my gosh, she just got lambasted. You know, and oh, it was just, you know, I just felt bad for her, you know? And I thought about it, you know, I'm like, oh, how strange, and the world is such a weird place, and people do stuff like that, and, you know, maybe she's a little nutty, or she's a little weird, and, you know, what's that all about? You know, those kinds of things. But then I thought about it some more, and I thought, you know, A lot of the time, especially in the times we live in, you know, you hear a lot of talk about people identifying as something, you know, and uh, if you don't recognize what they're identifying as, you know, you might get into trouble because they're identifying as this and you're not calling them this and you're not accepting the fact that they're identifying as this, but there's a double standard there because... When you have a situation like the one with this lady that I'm talking about, I forget her name. I should have written it down or something, but, you know, I guess that's not even really the point. It's, it's more the, the broader issue is that this woman, you know, was, uh, for one reason or another, was identifying, even though she was white, you know, Caucasian, she was identifying as a black person. Or she wanted to identify as a black person. And uh, she got lambasted for that. By the same community, mind you, that would probably be, you know, advocates of, you know, accepting whatever people want to identify as. I, I found that as kind of like a contradiction. I thought that it was kind of interesting, a little bit of weird, and a little bit of funny... But also, like, a little bit of sad, you know? That, uh, one, this woman's life was, you know, destroyed because she wanted to kind of identify as a person of color, you know, black. And uh, that's not acceptable. Okay, but... What about everybody else that's identifying as whatever they want to identify as? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Which is it? You know, are you allowed to identify as whatever you want to be? Or is it only within certain parameters? And if, if so, what are those parameters? I'm not quite sure. And I'm not even trying to be controversial with this. You know, it's just a simple, basic question. Like, where is the line drawn? You know, if this woman wanted to identify, you know, this way, why is that unacceptable? But if this person over here wants to identify as another gender or another, whatever it is, whatever they want to identify as, that's acceptable. I don't know. Which is it? Is it acceptable or not acceptable? Are we free to identify as whatever we want to identify as? or is it limited by who and by what Uh, I don't know I doubt there's anybody who could even really answer that question but uh, I think it's something worth thinking about at least a little bit and maybe you know having a little bit of sympathy for this lady who just got raked over the coals for (laughs) whatever you know it's the world we live in man you know, it's crazy stuff going on. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I probably should omit this whole section from this podcast. But oh, brevity is the essence of wit. So we'll see how it goes. I doubt that there's really that many people who care enough or, or even listening to this to have it even matter. You know, I was uh, watching the other night... Uh, a commentary from a YouTuber about uh, a recent episode of the Joe Rogan experience where he was interviewing Jan Wenner, the guy who's the head of uh, Rolling Stone magazine. And uh, he was talking about um, this conversation between Joe Rogan and Jan Wenner and how he felt, this commentator felt, that Jan Wenner had entered this discussion with Joe Rogan with no real sense of, like, humility, you know, that he uh, had his beliefs and the things that he believed in. He wasn't going to change his mind. No one was going to change the way he thought. And the point of this commentary was that, uh, maybe the conversation between Joe Rogan and Jen Wenner would have been better if both men are prepared to have their mind changed. A sense of humility, like the ability to be talked out of your idea. You know? And I thought about that. I'm like, you know, that's actually not an entirely bad way of looking at things. Like, maybe, okay, maybe, all of us should have more humility. Like, rather than walking through the world thinking that we know everything and that everything we believe is correct and uh, truthful and accurate, you know, factual, maybe we should all walk around with a little bit more humility. Now, I talked about uh, in my podcast the wilderness album description i talked about uh you know singing about this idea of the sword of humility you know how it cuts through a lot of bullshit you know if you can enter into a situation with a humble heart a humble spirit you kind of get to the facts and you get down to the nitty-gritty a lot faster than you know if you're full of shit and uh you think that you know everything and nobody knows as much as you do. And if you think that, you know, your information is correct and everybody else's is wrong, you know, it's no way to go through life. Everybody who's lived life long enough knows that that's not reality, that you need to be open minded sometimes. And you need to be prepared to be talked out of your idea by somebody who presents you with more factual information, you know? And, uh, you know, I wanted to end this podcast today on that point. That, you know, maybe that's something that we've lost, you know, in these crazy, screwed up, highly sensationalized, highly politicized times. maybe all of us every single one of us that's listening to this podcast or to any other podcast from here on in maybe all of us should take an approach to the world that has a little bit more humility you know and a little bit more I don't know what would be the word contrition you know in our hearts you know giving the other the benefit of the doubt is that even possible i'm probably the only person i can think of who would even say something like that you know but uh, i'm gonna leave this podcast here today on that thought and uh you know i won't make any promises about future podcasts right now because like i mentioned at the beginning of this one you know i'm still kind of in the throes of a pretty major, pretty serious time in my life with my family. And, um, you know, it's very personal and, uh, way too, uh, convoluted to get into here, at least at this time. But, uh, I will be getting a podcast to you as quickly as I can. And I will say this, that I do have three more album descriptions coming down the pike pretty soon. Um, I got one for the Pipe Choir Asgons, PC-1 Asgons, I've uh, got one for uh, The Last Major Sin from Pipe Choir, and The Wrench and the Rubicon from Pipe Choir. I have a bunch of stuff coming, so uh, as soon as I get this stuff put away with my family and uh, get back to some sense of normality in my life, uh, you'll be hearing more from me. But uh, be patient. You know, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not uh, quitting. I'm not stopping, uh, my happy innovators. It's not going to happen. I will be doing something like this or making a song or doing a thing uh, up until the day I die. Like, I'm never going to stop. So, even though there might be some gaps in between some of my production and things that I release, um, rest assured. You know, if you're a fan, uh, I'm not quitting, I'm not retiring, I'm not stopping. I'm just, you know, reaching a point where the things in my life, in the periphery, need to be addressed. And sometimes I just need to kind of drop everything and take care of business. I'm sure you can understand. So with that, my happy innovators, until next time... Remember, folks, if you want to keep what you've got, you've got to give it away. Take it easy. Hey, hey there, happy innovators, the ones that are kind enough and generous enough with your time to wait until after the podcast is over to hear some music. Um, I have an idea that I want to share with you today. It's an older idea of mine. It's, It's a song called Reach Out, Return to Me. It's a song I released under the moniker PC3 a while ago, back in 2017 or 2016 or something like that. And uh, I wanted to share it with you today because I just recently was listening to it in the car and I thought, you know, this is actually pretty good. So, uh, so here we go. Without further ado, PC3s reach out return to me. And uh, this is a long one and uh, one that did particularly well for me. So uh, let's see if you like it as much as I do. Okay? Uh, have a good week, everybody. A good weekend and take care of yourselves. Enjoy the music. Talk to you soon. Peace out.